1: and welcome to another episode of the Robono Podcast. Once again, I'm Russel Conger, joined by Ryan Hunnamunkle De Silva. Actually, Ryan and I have been in Manchester meeting with Ander Herrera, interviewing him for ESPN FC, of which more later, the theme of this podcast is going to be underrated tough guys in which we discuss men like Ander Herrera who don't seem that hard at first sight, but pack a deceptively strong punch <laughs> on the field, of course. But before that, we're going to round up this week's action from around Europe.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, before we do, can I do the admin? Yeah, you can do the admin. Go ahead. Little reminder: if anyone's listening on iTunes, please give us a review and a rating, preferably five stars, <laughs> and uh, tell a friend. What's the other? Tell an enemy. Yes, it helps, an us, enemy. helps us grow the podcast.
0: And <laughs> obviously, we're still finding our way with this lark. We are indeed. Yeah. But yes, the roundup, Michael. Well, <laughs> we can get onto the Premier League in a minute. Big, big win for, or a big, big weekend. Sorry for Dortmund. They didn't take full advantage of Bayern slip-up because they lost 3-1 to Leverkusen, at Leverkusen. First defeat for them since the Classica in early November. But they did get a draw at Frankfurt, which is, there's no shame in that. Frankfurt, very, very good team. Dortmund, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. So Eintracht have got a fantastic forward line, you know, Rebic, Jovic and Haller. And I think they're the most potent forward line in in uh, the Bundesliga one of them anyway but yeah um, so Dortmund are now seven points clear at the top of the Bundesliga and just stretched their lead a little bit they could have absolutely walked that as well that game they
2: missed a few big chances I mean Royce could have had a hat-trick before Eintracht even scored
0: but one thing that I did notice was and this is only the second time this has happened this season that Frankfurt shut Sancho down and uh, the other time I'd noticed that was uh, in the game that i went to in madrid atletico where felipe Luis didn't give him a, a a kick really there is a sense i think that teams are starting to realize that sanchez the danger man how do they <laughs> and, do it is, um, is this sancho corner i suppose sancho corner comes yeah. <laughs> I thought we, were gonna, we weren't going to do it this week. Um, yeah, we we,
1: you're making out like this stuff is scripted. No, it's not. It's just off the cuff. It's...
0: Yeah. Well, I have to admit, I didn't see uh, all of the game. I sort saw the highlights, but it seemed to me that they stuck a man on him and basically sacrificed one of their own players to mm. uh, t- to keep him quiet. Man marked him. So yeah, um, quiet game for Sancho, but, um, but but Dortmund still created chances. And as you say, they they could have. Could have uh, could have won it. But yeah, they they were six points clear going into the weekend. They're now seven points clear. And yeah, I think the smart money is on uh, on Dortmund. They've got their ex-manager to thank for the, that point being a, a good point. Yeah, actually. Peter Bosch is now the Leverkusen coach. Of course, the former Dortmund coach. He didn't last at Dortmund too long. And I think he was a bit unlucky actually to lose his job with more of the circumstances that um, the club found themselves in at that point. But yeah, I'm sure he would have been happy to do his uh his old employers. Yes. <laughs> What's labor.
1: funny, watching Leverkusen and Bayern, if you get a chance to catch the highlights, absolutely ferocious pressing. Yeah. There was an early penalty that Leverkusen denied, I think. Mm. And it came from basically Bayern being completely unable to play out from the back. In a Weirdly enough, this kind of dogmatic mentality of, we have to play it out, we can't hoof it clear. Mm. We got pressed so effectively, they ended up playing it back to the centre-back and then Hummels yeah. handled it. Yes, yes. And it was funny because you're thinking... A Bayern actually playing with—they're obviously playing to a Kovac philosophy. Yeah, but teams that watch them know they play to that and know
0: they will be predictable. Yeah, and then hound them. True and. You know, for Bayern's strengths and, you know, they have had a below par season by their standards, but they are still a very formidable outfit. Right. Um, defensively, though, they're not very mobile. Mats Hummels and Nicholas Sula, good players, but I think Hummels, we've seen the best of him. And Sula doesn't, he's, yeah, he does, he's not the quickest. So if you compress effectively, you can beat them. And I'm sure Liverpool will be, will have scouts at, at these games. And we'll be looking at that. And Liverpool are a team who uh, press... Um, they're ferocious. Yeah, without... You know, they don't stop. So I do worry, like just thinking ahead to the, the, those Champions League games against Liverpool, I, d- I, I do worry a bit for Bayern. Um, I think they'll score goals over the two legs, but I don't think they'll score as many... Can as I throw a
1: theory out here? So you have these centre-backs who are ageing and pass their defensive best. They keep them in because they're so good at distributing and building attacks. And in these elite teams, they almost feel like this defender isn't the fastest anymore, isn't the best tackler anymore, but they're so incredible at passing. So yeah. Hummels Hummels actually launched the attack, I think, for Bayern's opening goal yes. or one of the best chances. So he's that works against 95% of teams in the yeah. league.
0: We come to the Champions League, and all of a sudden, it's a feeding frenzy. Absolutely, and, and I, yeah. Leverkusen, I think, have provided the blueprint here of how to beat them or how to beat them because Bayern. Let's not forget, they were in great form going into this game, and Leverkusen played with, I think, Peter Bosch fielded four recognised like forwards, actual forwards in that game. Um, You've seen it; so in their goals, though.
2: <laughs> I mean, they've, they've they've scored three goals in the three of their last four league games, and the only one they didn't was when they lost the Gladbach. Yeah, and they've you know before that they've been they scored. Well, that was a couple of games they scored a two they yeah. scored a four You know they're like they're banging in the goal. The way can... to
0: beat Bayern, I think, is just to be f- a- a- ruthlessly attacking, fearless. And you know Liverpool going to do that. I know this is not the theme of the podcast, but a theme
1: could almost be blueprints because just as Leverkusen have given Liverpool a bit of a blueprint, Leon have given United one against PSG. Yeah, because the way they've hounded Thiago Silva this weekend mm-hmm. is a real sign. What was the final score in that two one Leon?
0: Yeah,
1: Nabil Fekir. Score the winning penalty for Lyon against a PSG. And again, these big teams have shown if you attack the heart of them, mm. if you almost sort of go straight down the throat, then that's the way to sort of get at them, I think. But elsewhere in Germany, what else is
0: happening? Well, um, Borussia Mönchengladbach are going under the radar. Um, Great side. Another win for them. And they're, yeah, like the, the, one of those teams who perhaps don't get the credit they deserve. Um, and yeah, there's... I think uh Leipzig won again as well so yeah actually on the Leipzig tip Emil Smith Rowe yes from Arsenal there yeah. on loan till the end of the season Leipzig wanted him permanently actually
2: yeah they the Arsenal were very key to point out that it didn't include an option
0: to buy yeah that's what Leipzig were pushing for so in the end they settled for the loan but it's another exciting signing by them yeah Ryan what are your impressions of Smith Rowe cuz um I'm sure a lot of listeners haven't seen so much of him I haven't either
2: I think he's got potential to be a really, really, really good player.
0: Okay. What's his best position? He is an attacking midfielder. Yeah,
2: He's played wide. He's played number 10 coming up through the youth team. I actually wrote in, do you remember the piece I wrote about Ramsey? I thought that maybe one of the reasons that Arsenal were inclined to let Ramsey go was to kind of shift their, well, get wages off the books and shift their focus onto someone like Smithrow in mm. that position, you big, know.
0: big shoes to fill, though.
2: Yeah, but I think he's got the real. He's got real potential. He's very, very highly regarded. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, I'm excited about him as yeah, a player. Yeah,
0: so good to see so many young English players now seeing the Bundesliga as uh, for what it is a great breeding ground for, for for talent. Yeah, I mean, we said
2: it last week, and we said it time before. It's just, um, I think it's a good league to go to. Segway. Yeah.
1: Since we're discussing young English talent, segue to. Marcus Rashford, only because I don't want to talk too much about United. I just think it's really great he how does. he He does. says this. So it's
2: just, I don't want no, to bring this no, up. No, it's but... not really that.
1: I just, I'm just really happy for <laughs> Rashford because there was a time I was even considering a year ago alone might be the best move for him. I thought you were going to say for you then. I was like, why? What happened? <laughs> no, 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 I'm very, very happy to see him uh, finishing like years, moving like years off the ball. It, it's great to see. Yeah, it was a good win for United that I thought. Listen, Leicester have been playing well against big teams. Yeah, It's like Crystal Palace right now. There are certain teams whose strengths match up very well against the weaknesses of major teams. So Leicester, the classic thing with them is Vardy has a very good first touch on the run, which is great against any team playing a high line. And most of the big teams are possession-based, right? Yeah. And so in that context,
0: to win, especially at Leicester, is a fantastic result. Speaking of first touches, that... Touched by Rashford for the goal and the pass from Pogba. There seems to be a real understanding between those two. It's like Song and Van Persie, isn't it? Do you remember that like, diagonal pass that <laughs> Song used to
1: float into the channel yeah. and Van Persie would just lash onto it? It was just this thing of sort of, it was almost like a sort of a quarterback and a wide receiver. Mm. And the Perlow to Lick Steiner. I prefer, I prefer a song. I prefer a song. Vampire, the reason I brought because... that up
2: was because I was talking about it yesterday. Oh, really? It was like the, uh, I don't know if you remember that advert that was Perlo and Licksteiner, them at training. And this is a bit of a tangent, so I apologize. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they sat there having dinner and basically Licksteiner like, Hey, Andre can you pass me the salt? And he's like, yeah, sure. And he passed him the salt. <laughs> he's, he's, the the like, gratsy, he's like, he's like prego. And he says, I'm oh, the pepper. Actually. And he's like,
0: yeah, sure.
2: Blah, blah. <laughs> and it's all like this other stuff. And then they go into the car park and uh, Lichtsteiner says, hey, have you got my keys? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. He chucks in the keys. And then Perlo stops and does this proper thinking face. And then it cuts <laughs> into all of these times where he's clipped this same diagonal ball over <laughs> to Lichsteiner. Nice. It's so, a good advert. I can't remember what it is. It's it was I, I can't remember. A a, it combo. was a partner of UV anyway. Right,
1: but right. That's, that's, that's a combo I hadn't seen. There's something to be said about, oh, my God, more content for the website. Um, combinations. Yeah. So great combinations like... Um, Alba to Messi and vice versa. Alves to Dani Alves to Messi, Mm -hmm. but certainly Pogba Rashford is a key combination. Moving quickly on from United, City with an important, a vital win over Arsenal, which went, I suppose, large as you'd expect, given where both teams are in their development arcs. Very promising from Grondosi. Um, difficult start for Denis Suarez, but it's a tough game to come into. Mm. Aguero, ruthless as ever. I mean, what's wild about Aguero is just how low he gets for that diving header, the opening goal. (laughs) Never
2: mind that. How low did Lauren Koscielny get for his diving header? I mean, it was almost a
1: tribute act, also an Aguero tribute
2: act. Because I was at the game and from where I was sat, I couldn't believe it was actually Koscielny because I assumed it must have been someone small. I thought it was Torreira. He got under it. it. He he went to the roof of the net, didn't he? He got under
0: it. Wild. But it all came about from a bad error from Wobi. The first goal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shouldn't be playing around with that there.
1: But isn't that what City do to you as well? Isn't there also an element of like they swarm you like that? Nah, yeah, do you know what though? That's, that's being too kind. Do, do you know, know what? What? we should have got really It good. was a
2: really weird game I thought because I expected City to completely demolish Arsenal and they scored straight away and I was sat there kind of thinking, right, this is going to be 5-6 and they kind of had a few chances but... Being there, it never felt like Arsenal were on edge at all, really, until, you know, they got back into it. And yeah, City had way more of the ball, way more of the ball. And they got in a a couple of times, but I wouldn't say Arsenal, it felt like Arsenal were comfortable because they weren't. You know, nothing about playing City at City is comfortable, but... Half-time? I mean, it was just a terrible time to concede that second goal. I think if Arsenal had got to half-time 1-1, yeah. that was really key.
0: It could easily have been a different game. And also, um, the third goal as well was a handball by Aguero. So, I don't know. I think I, I actually went into that game thinking Arsenal could, could get something from it. And if a couple of things had gone... You know, if owobi hadn't given away a, a mm. um, the ball where he did, if Arsenal hadn't conceded that second one at such a crucial time, and the third one shouldn't have been a goal... I don't know. I don't think it was th- the two teams were as far apart as we thought. And I don't think City are at the top of their game at the moment. No, they're almost like a championship fatigue. You know, like this kind of, when you're that brilliant,
1: you see it with Golden State Warriors in basketball. When you've won one title so resoundingly and you've been so dominant, it's difficult to maintain the intensity sometimes. Right. And then all it takes is for you to dip your performance slightly, and other teams yeah. raise theirs by 10%. Yeah. And one thing I want to say as well, before I forget, is what is so great about the Premier League this season is that the big games... Have felt big. Mm-hmm. Like United, Arsenal recently, City, Liverpool, City, Arsenal. These games do feel grand. Liverpool, Chelsea, even in the cup, you know, and Chelsea not at like Liverpool. Mm. These, you know what I mean? These, the, people are bringing, you're, you're seeing managers make decisions in real time. Even, you know, even like I know that, you know, I know that Arsenal got turned over at Anfield, but even in that game, you saw like really smart tactical planning. It wasn't all, I mean, the scoreline is brutal. Mm for Arsenal but in the early exchanges of that game you could see Arsenal really causing some particular and you saw problems.
2: actually I think that one of the things being at the stadium it was quite confusing to to understand why because when the, the, the lineups came out it looked like Arsenal playing a back three and Kolasinac was playing as a wing back mm. and um he was actually playing left midfield and I watched the game back when I when I got back this morning and it didn't really clock at the time but Carl Walker was extremely quiet and actually I think that Brilliant. might have been a very low key tactical you know not a masterstroke because obviously Arsenal lost the game but mm. actually pinning someone like Kolasinac higher to keep Carl Walker back and I think the thing that's quite encouraging from an Arsenal point of view is that yeah Arsenal lost the game but I tweeted at half time and I know it's a bit kind of like well yeah that's the point but I said the only difference really in this game is that Arsenal just don't have the players to, to play this way and I kind of feel for Emery a little bit because losing someone like Hector Bellerin, you see how important that is for a game like right. Man City because mm-hmm. he's not just integral to how Arsenal defend, but he's massively crucial to how Arsenal attack. The outlet. A similar thing happened with Poch in his first season at Spurs. Same thing happened with Klopp in his first season. With a similar as well. thing with Guardiola to his, to an extent. Even if Arsenal don't finish in the top four, which is going to be a real shame, I still think that there's been signs from Emery even in some of the games that Arsenal have lost. Whilst maybe there's a lack of a clear style of football, I think that you saw signs of encouragement.
1: I don't watch Arsenal every week, so I'm obviously not as close to it. I'm really encouraged, but I just, I look at it and go, of course, people are overreacting. There was a, there was a, a clip on social media about how, yeah, it's the end of the banter era. Arsenal United is the banter era now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Arsenal fan TV, just typical type of chat. But I been thinking... Emerich is the good dude and he's a good manager and he's making smart choices and really informed choices and it's a personnel thing. You know, United has a squad depth thing for us, so we have a fullback problem. We have a major fullback problem at United and Arsenal again, maybe three players short of maybe the truly elite level, but it's there. I think the structure is there. I
2: think fullbacks are key now. you have seen how massively they upgraded Man City? Isn't there an essay on the Rabona website called The Age of the Fullback? Um, yeah, I'm not sure who it's by, though. Not sure. I, I think there's... A, yeah, I've
1: heard... I, I was told... I was in a cafe the other day and I overheard two people talking about it.
2: So, was, it was, was it in Was it you and Is it Moosa or not <laughs> you know what? I'm being victimised. You know, you, know you know what? You know
1: what? You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? Those who know, know. Once a podcast, I'm targeted. <laughs> no. No, no. Look, let me rise above it. When they, when they, go, when they go low, we go high. Oh.
2: Hang on, actually, I want to—I do want to target you about something. Go for it. Go for it. Last week, yes. Uh, well, so I think since the last last poc- the last podcast, you said Spurs don't win games when they're not playing well. They've since won two, and I said that Wolves are not scoring enough and, goals, don't score and enough they've goals. been
0: absolutely banging, banging in. them in exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so
2: Nostradamus, is a.
0: The coaches of the, the respective teams clearly listen to this podcast. Screw you, Rabona. Musok
2: yeah. <laughs> Kwanga? luckier than a cat Who on the, the pitch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Talking of cats on the pitch, Everton. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness, the ultimate Premier League catfish. Losing to Wolves. Pressure. Bit bad of pressure. times, bad times. They pressure. are below par at this point Everton, aren't they? They're below par. They
2: have been for a while. You know, your catfish narrative is starting to eke into the wider world. Him, I, I think we're two weeks away from it getting mentioned on Sunday Supplement. Yeah, but
1: if if, if it does get mentioned, we disavow our knowledge of it.
2: Yeah, it cannot be. Neil it, Ashton he, is going to drop the you know back page of the Sun. Everton are a catfish. Our hand cannot be seen in it.
1: Michael,
0: sorry, we I divorce ourselves from it. I really interrupted you, Michael. I think I was just going to go back to the Emery thing and the fact that it's I don't know, like it's a, it's a transitional se- uh, season for sure, but. You know, it's not so long ago that Maurizio Sarri was being praised by us as well for for, uh, the job he has been doing at Chelsea. And you know, I I think there's perhaps some disparity there. I think Sarri did do a good job, but he's been hampered by not having some kind of Plan B. Like he was, we spoke about blueprints earlier. I think Pochettino provided the blueprint for beating Chelsea. He found a way of shutting down Jorginho or he identified that that was the the key to making Chelsea tick. And then you saw Eddie Howe take it to a new level when they, they beat them 4-0. Like, they ruthlessly closed down Jorginho to the point that Chelsea just couldn't function. And I think Chelsea are perhaps a team that are struggling to make that adjustment more than Arsenal.
2: I think also with Sari and Emery though, if you look at the managers that are above them in the league, well, maybe apart from Emery because Man United are now above Arsenal, but it's Klopp guardiola and pochettino i mean yeah and they're guys who have all been there a few years now yeah, and have all been through similar teething problems and it's emery and um Sarri's first season in the league mm. you know not the best environment to go into both teams struggled last season yeah so i'm not giving them a bye but i'm saying you know there was a talk a few weeks ago of For the first time, I saw of like sorry out kind of thing. And I Mm. think that's just, yeah, it's just way, way too premature. That's ridiculous. I think
1: actually Chelsea created expectation because they were brilliant in those early stages Mm. at some points. And the way they dismantled Liverpool, for example, Mm -hmm. in the cup, it was only a cup game, but in the cup in the Premier League, those back to back matches, they looked. I mean, like they could win the entire thing.
2: But you also so, saw that with Arsenal. And I think right. that's a bit of new manager bounce. You know, new players responding better to maybe new tactics. It's also tactical. It's people stuff. not yeah. working
1: out what they're doing. You know, like mm-hmm. Jorginho. For, for a long time, Pirlo played at the base of the event Juventus midfield. And everyone used to say, well, press him out of sight, put a man on him. But it mm-hmm. was easier said than done because you had those two blockers. You had Marquisio there. You had Vidal there. So maybe it's about Chelsea doing a bit more recruitment and protecting Jorginho mm-hmm. and, you know, having a plan B, yes, but they've got a plan B, they've got, you know, they've got Kovacic. they've got players that can come in and yeah and rotate. So well, that's
0: it. And I think, um, you know, I I think Sari should have left Jorginho out for a couple of games and moved Kante to the anchor of midfield where he's, you know, been so successful um, in his career. And then bring Kovacic in, who has that game control. Yeah, maybe, maybe Barkley as well, but I think Kovacic is probably the better option there. Um, and just kind of not get back to basics, but yeah, just establish that midfield dynamic again, which seemed to have been lost in recent weeks. Um, or since December really. So yeah, I think there's an element of Chelsea just needing to remember what they're what they're good at and putting you know square pegs in square holes
2: that's right absolutely right should we take a quick break
0: and then some questions I think so
2: back from the break with some questions that you've been tweeting us at Rabonamag first one from Mash St Paddy hey our good friend hey. The great man himself. <laughs> is Emery cutting off his nose despite his face in the Ozil saga? No one wants to bite Ozil now at this moment. What is he achieving in leaving him out? He's achieving nothing. I feel like I've spoke about this with so many people in so many scenarios that I feel like... A,
1: it's a personal, it's a breakdown in communication and trust. It can't, be. it's not about technique or about, it, it's got to be that. Something's going on. Yeah, it's personal. It has to be. And I'm not I'm not, even ju- not blaming Emery, I'm not blaming Ozil, I'm just saying... When a player, somebody of game-breaking technique and vision, mm. is not starting or coming on regularly, then it's a personal, it's, it's a, it's a breakdown in communication. But, and, we,
0: and we can only really comment on what we see once or twice a week on the field. I mean, right. there's a hell of a lot of stuff we don't see. Yeah. And there has to be some kind of personal mm. issue it's there. has got to be something. Man.
2: But then it's quite confusing because then Errol will start against someone like Cardiff and yeah, be captain. It's, Car- it's Cardiff. Yeah, but be captain. But Emery was
0: saying it's Cardiff. that they have he's the fourth yeah four or five captains yeah they kind of have thing, yeah. and if the three other ones aren't playing it's then, Cardiff. automatically You're to mean, it's.
2: yeah but uh, worth, worth noting that since we were last on air Ozil hmm. turned down a low move to PSG which I find interesting one well, of the few clubs who could afford him for a start and secondly I was kind of wondering actually whether that would be maybe a good move for him to go with someone like Thomas Tuchel I don't know. He doesn't strike me as a Tuchel kind of player. Well, the
1: fact that Tuchel was interested in him says all. Yeah. And don't, don't forget, he had Mkhitaryan mm-hmm. and he ran, he basically, Tuchel loves cerebral number 10s, playmakers who can run the attack for him mm. and Ozil can run an attack like nobody else. Yeah, he can rely on to, him. To bring him in to the PSG team where Neymar is out would knit together the PSG forward line in a way that, I mean, th- with that kind of speed ahead of him, the counterattacks he'd be launching mm. would be terrifying.
2: And this is the thing that... It'd be a really uh, good move for him. This is the yeah. thing that's quite weird about him not playing now. Uh, you know, he's got two very dynamic strikers there. Something, know, like something's going on. Something's going on. Yeah, yeah but I,
1: I, don't, I don't think Emery... I, I would not criticise Emery though. I would say that that is... That's a workplace dispute, I think, and yeah. they resolve it however they do. Mm. But I, would, I wouldn't say that it was, it was necessarily Emery's fault. Yeah. Moving
2: on to another midfielder. This one is from at Mr. Perspicacity. Yes. Wow. Well well First pronounced. time. <laughs> <laughs> if Pogba is a virus, how can we get Sanchez and Lukaku infected?
0: <laughs> what a
1: question. <laughs> Sharing <amazing> toothbrushes.
2: <laughs> wow. These um, are to
1: infect Lukaku, unfortunately, than Sanchez, who I think has the, I think that Sanchez has the Shevchenko problem which is, he's played so much football at such high intensity from such an early age that his body is not capable of responding at the same degree of intensity throughout every match at the highest level anymore. I, I fear that. How, I, how old is Sanchez? 30. 30.
0: Is he 30? But right? that's
1: not, that's a hard running 30. That's a Wayne Rooney 30 huh. or a, a Schweinsteiger 30, where you've basically been, and I'm not, I'm not writing him off, I'm just saying that the level of intensity where you had a, a player who for 90 minutes mm. would press the last man and do incredible amounts of defensive work.
2: And he oh, had yeah. that four-year run where he did, didn't have a summer off either.
0: Right. I do take that point to an extent, but the drop-off, I mean, he was only they all 18, have, 18 months ago he was running the off. show at Arsenal. But they all have the drop-off. It's really, it's off a cliff. That's what
1: gets them so, that's what's so shocking for them all. Happened to Torres, happened to Chevchenko. happened to Rooney.
0: And it, it's like you're running through treacle I still think we can see the best of Sanchez at United. Um, I do, I, and I think as we've seen with Rashford, I think Solskjaer is capable of extracting that. I don't think he's 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 hit the wall yet. I just I just don't think so. I think he's a talented player whose head's not there. It's not, I don't think it's talent. I think
1: it's using him as particular bursts. I think if you use him for, you know, 60, 50, 70 minutes yeah. and rotate him, mm. do you mean? So he can give you that intensity. I just don't think he is... And I want to be clear with this. I don't think he is a week-in, week-out, 90-minute starter. I Anymore. think he's something. Yeah, I just think you need to rotate him. 70 Does, minutes here, 70, 70, yeah, maybe, 70. That, that, Does that make sense? There may I be think. a case for that. Yeah. Uh,
2: um, yeah, maybe. I think the thing is, though, that just doesn't work for Sanchez. It's never worked for Sanchez in his career. I think that's one of the reasons that he was played so much because he's always been very streaky. So he would have droughts, goal droughts, but once he would kind of get past that, he would just... Like light up for, was for a like streak was and, so and I think the thing is is that he almost has to put, he needs that relentless kind of playing time mm. to keep a rhythm going Yeah, and you saw it there was a period where Arsene Wenger was taking him off a little bit more regularly and his form just really like stumbled yeah. it's easy to f- forget how kind of frustrating he can be as a player though you can forgive that though when he's scoring a load of goals so yeah. I'm not entirely sure if it's going to work out for him at Man United anymore. But I just, and I, it's not necessarily his fault. I just think it yeah. just, it, to be honest, the signing at the time never felt good, a, a good fit. It really didn't feel like a good fit and it still doesn't feel like a good him fit. We got because it was there.
1: Before I forget but, Lukaku, we just have to quickly say Lukaku, um, he can catch the virus because he and Pogba have a great understanding actually mm. that
0: can work. So yeah. yeah,
2: And he's a great attacking option off the bench. Yeah, I think
0: there's less concerns or fewer concerns over Lukaku than Sanchez.
2: Final question from, I suppose would you say, main photographer for Rabona, <laughs> The great man himself. The great helpful. man himself. Ryu Focal On Twitter at ToxWade. Yes. I have one, he says. I think he reads a question. Should we mix football and politics? Discuss. They're inseparable. I agree.
1: They're inseparable. Yeah. I mean, football's like one of the greatest examples of soft power anywhere in the world. It's It's inherently
2: political sports are always politicized and used for political reasons so
1: i think it's almost inherently political at professional level Mm. yeah look at nationalism i mean it's just basically
2: right there right Mm. i mean i kind of do think that football has some i think footballers could do more in terms of really being spokesmen or spokeswomen i mean to be fair though i think the women's game is a lot further ahead on that count yeah um but i think that in the men's game um, it would be good to see more people talking about
1: i always wonder because, i almost wonder stuff. because women's football has had to carve itself out it's had to carve itself back out of obscurity you know because 1994 we talk about this women's football was so popular and then the football league in the uk just shut off women's grounds for 50 years oh well,
2: yeah i mean they've had had a hell of a lot more to do right with, so, they, yeah.
1: so they, because they've had to carve their way back into the public consciousness from that place it, i think it has created an inherently more political outlook maybe mm. whereas men's football has kind of carried on largely unimpeded by these yeah. by these structures
0: yeah and you have to them. say for all of its faults fifa has actually been one of the has has recognised regions of the world before the world has if that makes sense recognised them as football nations um they have actually been Ahead of the game, sometimes. This is really interesting with FIFA because I was talking to
1: Philippe Claire about this, and he said, when Sepp Blatter left yeah. FIFA, we would see that he'd been a moderating force. Yeah, as bad as Blatter may have been in terms of personal, yeah. you know, level of like you know enrichment, self enrichment, Blatter was someone that liked football and didn't want the World Cup going in the direction it's going into. And yeah. he said, Infantino will be a different yeah. character altogether, and we've seen that. Yeah. We've seen because you know Blatter, for all his faults, was somebody that did have this sort of slightly evangelical approach to football and its power and its ability to bring people into the international community. So I yeah. think that's interesting. Yeah. And I just hope that we have more voices
0: within FIFA I'm who, thinking, who are allowed
1: to moderate or yeah. Yeah, use that. Because
0: yeah. I'm thinking Palestine, I think, was recognised by FIFA long before. That's really interesting. Um, Look into that. North Macedonia more recently. That is really interesting, actually.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny because FIFA, where they choose to play tournaments... Um, when they choose not to, a really interesting, I think that now the political climate we're in, and this is maybe a conversation on another podcast, because there's so much to say about football and politics and there will be so much more with the World Cup coming up. Footballers maybe have a bigger role than they might admit to at the moment. Mm. Um, which is why I was so glad to see Sterling speaking out about race. Yeah. Um, and I'm so encouraged to see people speaking out about the case of the Bahraini footballer. Mm. Uh, Hakim al Harabi. Yeah. Who's, um, currently in a world of torment in Thailand
2: yeah I mean I'd like to do something on that on another podcast but with someone who's been very like really really following the situation I, I think the reason we haven't gone into that is because none of us are as clued up about it.
1: There's a great guy to look at I think on Twitter uh, Francis Awaratefe, I uh-huh. think is his Twitter handle based over in Sydney shout out to Francis lovely man um, a law graduate and a, a scholar and a gentleman um, so check out his work but yeah let's return to that theme at some point because mm. I think it's important mm. Uh we take another quick break? Absolutely. back in the break and this segment was inspired by the visit that ryan and i paid to carrington training ground manchester united to interview and to herrera and in the course of the conversation with herrera it became clear to me that herrera is someone who is not on the face of it you know sort of the roughest player he's a very creative player but he has a tough streak a deceptively tough streak real intensity yeah a real intensity a real focus so we thought why don't we put together a kind of a selection of I suppose, uh, unexpectedly tough guys, underrated tough yeah, guys. It just made into, us think, didn't it? Yeah, about like, front, you yeah, know, yeah. who's
2: actually low key nails.
1: Absolutely. Low key nails. Fantastic. So Michael, low key nails. Who are the underrated Speaking tough Speaking of guys? low key nails. <laughs> 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 ah,
0: ah, Michael. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole of the Uruguay team are a given. But you can see them coming. That's the thing. So they're almost, <laughs> you, they're, they're tough guys for sure, but you can see them coming. Does that make sense? I mean, you wouldn't, you saw Diego Godan in a bar. You would kind of steer slightly to the left.
0: And the right. I think that, that that's a safe assumption. This yep. is a little bit
2: of an aside, but there was once I was uh, waiting to get a train up to Manchester, and the Crystal Palace squad were in Cafe Nero outside Euston Station, and uh, well, all of them were absolutely hench.
0: Yeah, there's a few nails in that. Too. Like hench.
2: This was yeah. maybe four or five years ago. Oh, really. so pre Jeffrey Schlupp. Yeah, I who is get the? On the um, him. I forgot the names escaped me, but the Australian ex captain Jeddanak. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my oh my god, goodness, that guy. His he, he
1: Vesuvius. He's got he's got guns. <laughs> he's a big dude. That's the thing. That, again, not underrated because you see that coming. Exactly, you see that and it's visible. That guy is like almost has a GPS on him. You can see it from a distance. I'm interested in the ones who. You don't, the, you don't suspect, the sly, yeah, the sly ones because they're they're the ones that fascinate me. They're well,
2: we, intriguing, yeah. I mean, we were kind of talking about this before we came on, which is why we decided to do it properly, I suppose. Yeah, because it. it 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 spurned a debate
1: because <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned Eric Bai, yeah, which I think is intriguing.
2: Yeah, but I think Eric Bai is. I think there's different levels of nails. I think like there's obviously the ones who are just going to brawl, and Bai strikes me as the kind of guy who you won't hear him coming. You won't know he's got you. And he's already gone before anyone's noticed that anything <laughs> like
1: Yeah, those ones. Like, into, like John Wick. Slick, John Wick. Slick operator. Just a
2: next level intelligent ninja yeah, yeah. assassin kind of guy.
1: <laughs> I think it's the clean shaven thing, isn't it? It's all, it's all a bit clean. Like, everyone gets his
2: cuffs dirty. Yeah, very neat living quarters. It's brutal. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> it's funny, actually, you should mention by, because I was talking to someone, a friend of mine, who did a lot of work with different MCs, who's collaborated with different artists. And we're going, oh yeah, that guy's like a tough guy, that guy. We were mentioning different MCs who are tough. And there was this one guy he'd worked with who were like, ah, oh, he was like, no, that's the one. I'm like, no. He's like, no, this guy. I won't name this because that guy is a dangerous dude. He was like, nobody he doesn't talk about any of that stuff in his lyrics. None of it. He's never in trouble with anything. But that guy, he said, like from people that know him, like he would never say it on record, level, but that that's the dude. Mm. And I was I was fascinated by that. There were levels to that. There's levels to that. I love this conversation. It feels a bit freeform. We need... It's like the, we're still in the EU for the next few weeks, so at least let's have some directives, right? I think there need to be quite... Yeah, let's not
2: go crashing out of the podcast market. <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: it's no not, deal. It's not, it's not it's <laughs> a no-deal podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Listen, I just think... I think if you're going to be nails, there needs to be an element. If you're going to be underrated and, and, and tough, there needs to be an element of a chip on the shoulder. There needs to be some form of grudge, right? Because... Big guys, big tough guys, conventional big tough mm. guys, they're kind of alphas. They don't really have that chip on the shoulder and you yeah. need that. And I think every
0: I think everyone needs a chip. That's why okay. Fernandinho strikes me as a real tough guy. I wouldn't wanna I wouldn't wanna get on the wrong side of it. Because
2: him. he never really fronts, he never starts anything. Yeah. But I bet he ends. Do you, know how you know he's, do you know how
1: you know he's an underrated tough guy? Because Guardiola went nuts when they said that he does tactical fouls. Do you remember how someone yeah, said yeah. Fernandinho does so many fouls and smiles and runs off? Yeah. And Guardiola went nuts because he was like, oh my goodness, you've outed him. Yeah. That's why he was angry. Yeah. He takes pleasure in it. Yeah. He, Guardiola wasn't angry yeah. that mm. it was true. He was angry that it was true. Mm. And so that's why I think Fernandinho is a really strong contender.
2: Okay, mm. so I've got a question. So Sergio Ramos gets a lot of hype for being a hard man. Yeah. But I don't think he's the hardest Real Madrid defender.
0: He's got the best marketing, for sure. I think he's just a. P- and there's a difference. Am I going to have to bleep that? <laughs> there's a big difference, though. You know, like Fernandinho, you really, really don't want to cross him. Sergio Ramos, I think you could, you, you can have. I mean, it. I,
1: I would say this. I think mean, Ramos was is a pantomime villain. Pepe was a pantomime villain and was also generally unsettling.
0: Whenever I think of Pepe, I think of him stepping on. Um, Messi's hand. Yeah, that was. I mean, you have basically Vinnie Jones with incredible technique, and that's Pepe.
1: That's frightening. (laughs)
2: Do you know? I I can't remember who it was, but I saw something amazing about Pepe. Where basically he's got long curly hair now, or longer curly hair, and it was like anyone who is that bald by choice, yeah, is. That is an extremely yeah. strong shout. Is yeah, is true. not to be messed with. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know that's actually a very For that very long problem problem. as well. Just,
0: that's what me, you yeah, know, and I are not genuine. Because love guys. When you want
1: the wind close to your skull, when you choose to have the cold wind close mm. to your skull, that is yeah, that is extraordinary. Mm. Yeah.
2: So
0: anyway, I think that um
2: so let's go through him. So I don't think it's Ramos. No. I think Varane, when it's all kicking off, Varane's stood at the back leaning against the wall, smoking a cigarette being Talking like, to the opposition going Just okay. just this is beneath me. I don't need this. But I think he's he's
0: capable. If he needs, yeah.
1: To. But he just he's too. He's, he's more like questioning the mortality of man and the futility of of the sporting enterprise and making grand gestures and going, oh, what is this? You know, what yeah. we? we're the last days of Rome. You can yeah. imagine pontificating. I'll be but the mob. I'll be but the mob. You know, sort of quoting Aristotle. And <laughs> yeah.
2: You can imagine that, can't yeah. you? Yeah. I my shout. I think it's Marcello.
1: Yeah, that's a strong shout. I mean, Marcello would want it for sure. I think mm. he'd be relentless. And actually, I have to say this. The thing about Marcelo that makes him tough, low-key tough, is the fact that in that Champions League final, I think I mentioned this before, every outlet pass in the first 15 minutes when Liverpool's press was terrifying, went to Marcelo. Mm. Every floated pass. Cruz was not getting the ball. Uh, Modric wasn't getting much of it. It was bypassing him. Carvalho wasn't getting it. Every floated pass came to Marcelo on the left wing because everybody knew he could handle the press. And to me, that's a certain type of guts to know that you're going to be Crashed upon by three of the most brutal attacking midfielders in the world, and still come out with it. So there's a kind of toughness there. Mm. Like he is a guy that will get you out of a scrape for sure. That's good. That's a, yeah, Loki. So we got we got Fernandinho, we've got Marcelo. We're d- what d- are we d- doing d- a nails
2: eleven. Do we? I think we need an eleven. I think yeah. Sapper. I think it's happened. Who's our keeper.
1: But there's got to be a keeper that comes out through traffic,
2: and is fearless. I actually reckon Donnarumma's handy.
0: Mm, maybe. Oh, that is actually quite a good. Back track. in the day, Jens Lehmann though. Come on. Yeah. They've had no
1: shortage of hard men in goal. We're doing modern day though, aren't we? Modern day. Yeah, modern day. Uh, Goalkeepers. We'll come back to goalkeepers.
2: All right.
0: Don't worry. Uh, Striker. I'm just going to throw this in there. Mitrovic. Oh my God. Nobody wants any part of that. Mm -mm. No one wants any of that.
2: (laughs) Still (laughs) active players. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, Because otherwise we could go. We're playing 4-3-3. Mitra, oh, yeah, Mitrovic, what's the hardest formation? <laughs> no, because
1: it can't. It, it's got to be. It's got to be a formation that's actually quite delicate. It Can't be a 4-3-3. Four, four, one, one, three, three. Three. Yeah, why not? Yeah, okay. Mitrovic up all out attack. <laughs> yeah, left side forward. <laughs> left side forward. Not Mbappe because Mbappe. I think he starts fights and runs away. We saw him do that France Uruguay, didn't we?
2: Ooh. When it kicked off between Lingard and Kalasnach in the Arsenal Man United game. In the Cup a couple of weeks ago, we were watching it together and we were <laughs> trying to stop Lingard from going after Kolasinac because I don't think that's wise. And actually, he was kind of going after him to defend Marcus Rashford. And we were saying that Lingard is the one who is most aggy in yeah. that situation. Yeah. But I actually think out of the two of them...
1: Rashford is like one of these people who I think he's, he's interesting because he's already physically incredibly robust. And I was looking at his goal scoring and he scored, I think he scored more goals for the age of 21 than anyone including Salah, Kane, mm. Cristiano Ronaldo. And he's been doing it, playing really out of position. Like most of his players yeah. were playing in their natural, in their favourite position from the start of their careers. Apart from Ronaldo, who's playing wide than came inside. Mm. But Rashford base has been playing all over the place, much more than anybody else and has scored way more goals. So it's crazy. And part of that is because he's physically so imposing. So actually mm. I think it's weird, like Rashford's goal output shows that he's, I think, low key quite tough. Mm-hmm. We could put Rashford in there. I could know, put, put Rashford in there. Rashford, Rashford. How about wow. like this? Rashford Mitrovic. And then, other wide forward, Shakiri. Shakiri.
2: Low centre of gravity. And tough.
1: And yeah, yeah, I think Shakiri. Hard to get down. Shakiri. Let's
0: see who we got at right back. Well, let's go centre back. I'm thinking Lovren. Yeah, I like that. Chip on the shoulder. <laughs> Yeah, there, there has to be some kind of motivation yeah. for for uh there's for, got to be a, there's got a to be nut. a form of grievance
1: a sense of being underrated i mean because see van dyke's the obvious but he's he's rated yeah he's highly rated yeah yeah yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep. Um, love Marcelo Lovren, I like that uh, Midfield, I mean we've already got a City player so I won't put him in but I think Bernardo Silva is really tough, <laughs> I think he's really tough, I actually just like him because he's a kind of, he could play anyone of like six positions and for me that's what the key to being an underrated hard man is, you can kind of drop him in anywhere mm. Like something like Matuidi actually
2: I reckon Matuidi is a very good shout Matuidi, yep,
1: put Blaze Matuidi in there, just because he handled his business in the World Cup
2: mm. Well, actually, shouldn't we have Herrera in there considering he kickstarted the conversation? <laughs> yeah, I I should, yeah. In, yeah, I think we should. Yeah, I think Sure Herrera. Absolutely. And the thing about Herrera, which is amazing, is that one thing he said about if I'm in the game for 30 seconds, it's like 100%. Yeah. If I'm there for the whole game, it's 100%. He mentioned you know? it twice. He came on yeah, in his QPR. Saying, I guess, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I, was like, I played two minutes against QPR, came in and went in. Yeah. And I'm like, Pfft. he's not a big guy, but his presence... He sort of sat there in that chair when I was talking to him, so slightly leaning forward. You're off to the side, you're you were to his um right. And I was yeah. and he sort of leans forward and it's like sort of it was like watching a tennis player awaiting a second serve. Mm. Like the first serve's gone to the net and he's like, he, Okay. He, he steps in this is the second four he, match yeah, point. Yeah, right. That was it. You exactly. Know, yeah. somehow, even though he was seated, he seemed to step into every question. Mm in a way that was really forensic and impressive. It was almost like talking to somebody who, you only know hear these senior economists who know that their pronouncements will affect the direction of the stock market. So they're so measured. Yeah. It was like that. And to me, that was the toughness. It was like the measured nature of it. You know, it was really, really intriguing. Okay, great. Medfield of Matuidi, Fernandinho, Herrera. No one really, nobody wants it with that. That's, tough. That's
2: I, tough. I mean, I am you know obviously not Premier League level, but I'm a centre midfielder, and I would not fancy that.
1: No, I wouldn't fancy it either. I want no part of that.
0: Piss check at Dortmund. Piss check is tough. Piss check. Piss check is terrifying. But I gotta say, we can't have we can't have an eleven without Kolasinac. Are you can gonna have put him to. in there. He has to. We'll be just in chuck over him Marcelo. in. Marcelo. You just... can put him in at centre back.
2: No, I think I think I take Kalasenak over Marcelo.
0: Yeah, I would actually. Me too. Sorry, Marcelo. You can, you can be can on, go the on the bench. Yeah.
2: Stick, stick Marcelo in goal. <laughs>
0: To be honest, no one's <laughs> going to get past that line. That you know have a rush goalie. No
2: one's going to no get out of their own half. With put, that. My,
0: put myself in goal. But if you have a hard of hard as nails goalkeeper that you can recommend us, listeners, and uh, tweet us,
2: Paolo you know, Lopez is a is a shout. Actually, he's also he, a little bit, bit wild. He's a bit yeah, well, he, He's a bit too much of a talker. I think oh yeah, actually, yeah, that's that what goes a against a bit, my, my rule. a bit Too
1: much of a talker.
2: Mm.
1: You know, he, he he ruined his aura that time that Messi was trolling him to high hell. Muslera, oh. Ooh. I, I like was, that a I lot. Think Lera. That's block capitals. <laughs> Lera. I love that. I love that for so many reasons.
2: I mean if he was playing regularly, I would have I would have given Willy Cal- Caballero a shout, because I think he's I think he's pretty... He'd bring the pain, wouldn't he? Yeah, He'd bring the pain for sure. I think he's he's the i g- I'm sure I've seen him on the door at some clubs. Caballero. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so we just need a centre back. Ooh, and it's so, not going to Ramos. The
1: funny thing is the centre backs are more obvious, Harbin. That's the challenge with them. Who's mm.
2: the real? is uh who's the massive guy who plays for Saints? Southampton.
0: Oh, um, we've got a new Vestigard. one, Vestergaard.
2: Yeah. He's he's. I'm thinking, colossal. I,
0: I, I'm thinking, MTT as well. Uh, he's a he's a guy that wouldn't start but end. He's a silent. And
2: also, the thing I love he, about MTT yeah. is that he's so confident at how nails he is. He's just yeah, super funny. <laughs> yeah, really, you know, you know. it's got
0: to be MTT. Do you
1: know what I've got? I've, there's a few listeners. This podcast are going to absolutely love that inclusion. There are certain MTT enthusiasts on Twitter, who whenever Umtiti content is shared,
2: respond very approvingly. Are we going to get a load of responses with his celebration gift? I'll just
0: tag them. I'll send them the DM and say, listen, here's the
2: podcast. Right, so we're okay. going to go for the final The final 11. Yeah, so our 11
0: yep. was Lera in goal, right back of uh, Piszczek. Yeah. Centre-back Umtiti and Lovren, left-back Kalasinac. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> it's oh tough my... already. Oh, goodness. So we've got a three-man midfield of Matuidi, Fernandinho, And our man Herrera. Mm -hmm. My Lord. And up front, we've gone for Rashford, which I think is the joker in the pack. I Uh, think he's the secret weapon, though. I think so. Shaqiri, and then... Mitrovic.
2: And also, I think Rashford is the one that everyone will pick on first. (laughs) And when they've realised that he's actually not the one to pick on, then I think that's going to...
0: Well, I don't think anyone in their right mind would pick on any player in this eleven. Yeah,
2: and they're going to play in a home strip of torn off sleeves oh my goodness <laughs> this is actually a good tra- a good trailer for
1: my <clears throat> a piece i wrote for a bonner which is called the sunday league of extraordinary gentlemen which is about hard men coming soon yes coming soon it's basically about those players who could easily imagine playing sunday league football as well as professional football mm. and it was inspired by Atleti juventus champions league tie the upcoming tie which will feature some of the toughest men on god's earth
2: i can't <laughs> wait for that game or that tie it's going to be. I can't wait for the Champions League. To be honest, it's going to be 180 minutes of prime, solid gold shithousery. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't you, wait.
1: Can I just say you are the sweariest member of this podcast? I would say so. I'm like the Methodist. I'm the Methodist Christian. This podcast. I think I'm, I've sworn once, and it was about 15 that, minutes ago. With me, it's just such premium content. It's, it's so all premium. about. It's
2: all about. Uh, <laughs> it's all about picking your swear words. So you After, and that is actually the, a great uh, word. Explain. Although, it's,
1: I said <laughs> is that a swear word? Kind of. I Said it twice. The, now. the one thing I will say about <laughs> that word s house because i'm just you know for the, it's a family show i
2: just i just makes me think a cameo
1: but there's no <laughs> there's no other word for it is there there's no mm. other word for that type of behavior in football
2: yeah. yeah and also come on we're all adults we are we are adults
1: we are absolutely adults on which note as a great institution once said that's all folks for this week <laughs> thank you so much wow. for wow yeah i know <laughs> listen let's go in listen you can't be the classic
2: (laughs) Um, yeah if you listen on iTunes give us a rate and a review preferably five stars Mm that would be very handy you can find
1: us on all social media channels same handle at Rabonimag. thank you so much for listening thank you Ryan thank 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 you you, Michael take care and see you next week